Okay, so today was interesting. I had this vision. So I watched this movie called Personal Shopper. And I, I, I felt the Lord leading me to that movie, actually. You know, it was about seances and, you know, speaking to people beyond the grave and ghost-type activity and all kinds of things. Well, I watched a movie, and it was interesting. I was looking for a word in it, and I think the only word was the most obvious word that I got before I watched it, and I just read the summary of the movie, which was be careful you reach out to in the spiritual realm because what you find is whoever you think that you're talking to, you're not talking to. The people who have passed in your life that you are dying to talk to, if, of course, you believe that they are still roaming this earth, then you just have to take comfort in the fact that they see you and they are supporting you and that they love you and that they are rooting for you to move on, move forward, and move past their, their death. Trust that they are at peace. Trust that they love you. And trust that they are in a better place you cannot go searching for these people because what happens is you'll reach out and you'll get familiar spirits you'll get demonic spirits that only want to pray on your weaknesses pray on your grievances pray on your love for these individuals that you cannot let go so you know for people who are reaching out to people who have passed or want to, you literally just have to pray to God. Pray to God for them. Pray to God and, you know, allow him to heal your heart. You know, allow him to heal whatever is broken inside of you that needs them. Allow him to fill that gap. Because that's the best it's going to get. That's the only truth you're going to get. You go and reach out to these people who have passed and it's not them. And then you find that you'll reach out to, you know, heinous, dark spirits sent by Satan to steal, kill, and destroy. They will torture and torment your mind. They will destroy your life. And they will follow you wherever you go. And you can also, you know, you can put other people in danger when you go around these different things and then you go around other people they attach themselves to whatever they can they attach themselves to the part of you that is not healing from someone you've lost that is desperate to have an attachment to anything that is similar or reminds you of it in the slightest so you have to give that to God a lot of people who reach out to these you know Spirits in hopes to reach out to people that they've lost and loved, they, you know, as I said, they run into the wrong kind of spirits. And it's just sad. It's really, really sad because the Lord loves you so much. He loves a family that you lost so much. He doesn't want you to blame them for them, blame him for them going because if they are gone, it was just their time. God makes no mistakes. 
You have to trust him. You have to trust that. So that's the message that I got before I watched the movie. But I watched it anyways to see if I would get anything more specific. What I found was that they spoke about a lot of the different things I am dealing with right now. In the movie, they talked about how her her brother who passed, you know, he performed seances of some sort. And he would reach out to different spirits that would speak to him through some sort of system. And I forget what the name of it is, but it's like when you tap and you like tap three times, tap one for A, tap two for B, tap three for C. And he would just transcribe the words that they are telling. And, you know, someone said that he was reaching out to like old historians and all kinds of you know, really famous people. It's amazing to me because I felt that lately I had encountered Dr. Martin Luther King, Prince, Michael Jackson, Pac, um, Richard Pryor. Um, well, so many different people who have passed Malcolm X people who have passed, people who are long gone, that that is impossible, you know. The fact of the matter is, is that Satan is such a, such a liar. He is such a deceiver that he is able to, you know, imitate, you know, people so well that you would think, you would be fooled and think that it really is them because, you know, you would get information. Such, you know, such specific and rare information that you can't find nowhere on the Internet for no one to have imitated it or made it up. And it will be so, you know, specific and sometimes very identical to someone whoever it is that you believe you are speaking to that you will get so caught up in it and really believe nothing no one else tells you about it this is what I've been going through because you know with Pac you know every single time I feel that I'm having a conversation with him I never get a whole conversation just bits and pieces and you know when these when i encounter these different conversations i know that i cannot trust it because every single time i want to ask a question i can't when i want to have a full conversation i can't when i want to actually get any real information or any real idea of who i'm speaking to it's always a broken conversation as if there's a lot of gaps in between words that I'm getting from this individual and so I realized that excuse me I realized that they are hoping that you will fill in the gaps with your imagination they're hoping like I'll say something I'll say this and I'll say that and if they're truly desperate to hear from this individual or if they truly just want to believe this, they will fill in the gaps with their imagination of what the conversation was about. And I picked up on this a while ago because what I realized was 
During the day of the deliverance, when it seemed like Pac showed up, the problem with that was I believe Jesus was with me. And at first when he showed up, he was being a distraction from praying for my sister. But once I didn't allow it to distract me, he kept talking anyways. And when he said something to me, I just looked at him and I thought some things in my heart, but not really much because I wasn't sure if it was him and I wasn't sure if I could believe what was going on and I wasn't really convinced. But all I heard was shut the F up, B. And I said, you know, I never even said anything. <laughs> You're here talking. I hear, Like I hear words from you. I didn't say a word to you. But you told me to shut up. And I said, now, what could that have been? Because it does feel like they're hearing my thoughts. In my mind, you know, it's like, don't talk, don't talk. Just focus and pray. And then I heard people talking for me, saying everything I wanted to say. Well, not everything, but what I wanted to say. So I said, you know, maybe they just can hear my thoughts or know my heart. And so it's no need for talking. And he knew what I said in my heart to him. But the problem with that was I had just been a whole year before that with these same spirits. And these spirits, they had to study me for months on end, 24-7, never getting a break, second by second. They studied me so closely and I picked up on it a few times that they had to predict my responses. They didn't know what I was going to say. They didn't know what I was going to do. They weren't confident in things going the way that they intended. They just studied me so hard that they would feel as if we can pick up on if we can pick up on what her next move is, we'll start being able to plan them 10 moves ahead. And then we can start setting things up, setting things up 10 moves ahead so that whenever she gets around to this conversation or says something of this nature or magnitude, we will have predicted it and it will feel as if we know everything, that we're watching everything, that we are reading her mind, that we have control of everything and all of it is a lie. It is such a big lie. And I picked up on this truly when one day they felt as if they had, you know, predicted me so well that they they said all these different things that I could and could not do. And I did something. And I can't remember what it is that I did, which, you know, also is debatable because it's like they always want to make you feel as if you've accomplished something, you know, when you've possibly accomplished nothing. And that is to keep you doing whatever it is that you did so that they can gain some sort of control over you in that way. If we can make her think whatever it is that she did just now was right, what we'll do is whatever it was, it worked for us. It got us the response we needed or at least for her to believe that we have more control than we actually do. So we'll keep making her think that that is an achievement or accomplishment so she'll figure out what it is and she'll keep repeating it to the way that we can control her. I picked up on it and I said, 
I heard them say, what? Oh my gosh, how did she do that? You said we couldn't do that. You're such a liar. This is not fair. And all this other stuff like you, you know, this is not real. You said we couldn't do that. I can't believe she just did that. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is real. And every time they said, I couldn't believe this is real, I said, it's not. It's not real. This is not real. It's not. And, you know, lately I've been battling some interesting battles where I'm around people who are like, this is real. You're doing this. This is who you are. It's true. And I'm like, no, it's not. I don't know if you've been here the whole time. I don't know if you've seen all these things. And I don't know if you know what I know, but I just know this is not real. They told me I killed my brother. He's alive. They said he commit suicide in jail. He got out. They told me that, you know, I wouldn't be able to save my brother. Satan is a liar. He saw God and cry if that was him. You know, Satan is such a deceiver. And, you know, he should be really good at it because he's been here ever since Adam and Eve. And he told the first lie. So, at least a man. So, with that being said, you cannot trust these things. You cannot trust these things. Sometimes I feel like people have it so figured out when they say, oh, just don't believe it. It's not real. Don't let it hold you back in life. It's not real. It doesn't matter. It's not happening. You know? It's, it's what when you believe it, you make it real. When you don't believe it, it's not real. But the problem with that was all these different experiences I had gone through, I never believed a day in my life could happen. This stuff just happened out the blue. So I said, well, that's, that can't be true because I never believed or ever thought or imagined this type of stuff was possible. So how could it be because I believed it? But... That being said, we are fighting an unseen battle in a spiritual realm with and through God. He is our guide. And you just have to depend on him for everything. Everything. Know who God is. Know how to get into his presence. When it feels that you're being lied to or you don't know what to believe, just pray. Pray over it all. I pray all day, the same prayer over everything. I block out everything that is not pertaining to God. Do not talk to me if it's not about God. Do not even bring anything up that is not directly directed towards God or with or from information about God. You have to focus your complete focus. Your heart and mind has to be set on God all day and all night when they are attacking you like this. Because they are not real. And they will lie to you for as long as you'll believe it. You have to believe God more. So, I fight every day. Every day. But, you know, God has picked me for this battle because they are doing so much more than just lying in my head. They are, you know, 
banging on my walls. They are paying my neighbors to throw things at my windows. They are, you know, they are paying my neighbors to go along with this different stuff, I believe, or using my neighbors to go along with this different stuff. They're using all kinds of people out in the everyday world. Like when I'm walking down the street, people scream outside of their cars, even though this was like a year ago, but, you know, they didn't know me. And they said something so specific to me, and they screamed it out their car window, and I couldn't believe it. I would be in Walmart, and people would just be talking to me and talking about me, and I didn't know them. This stuff can get really weird, and I have yet to get down to the bottom of what is really going on here. Well, what I can say, excuse me. What I can say is that I trust God for it. I believe in God for it. Whatever it is that I'm dealing with, I'm facing, and I'm going through, he will deliver me through it. Like, I will see brighter days. I am on my way to... I'm on my way to... A bit a better and a brighter future, you know, filled with love and people who truly care for me, who truly want to see me better. And maybe my family won't be there because the Lord has shown me a future and it feels that this future is becoming more true every day. And he's saying that my family won't ever accept me and that's becoming more true every day as well. But I don't want to believe that I'm supposed to let go of them. I've always been taught growing up that family is always going to be family. You can never, you know, get rid of family. You can never not be related to family members. No matter what you say or do, they're always going to be your family. And so I love them. And I do my best to love them past all the troubles because when it comes down to it, they're all you got. People out here in this world, they act like they love you. They act like they're there for you. They act like they will really, you know take good care of you and be there forever and they never are they never are but I don't want to believe that no one ever could I'm just saying it's a lot of people out there who will seem as if they really love you but when it comes down to family they've seen you through your highs your lows everything and they've had to be around you they have loved you past so many years they're always going to be there that's family And so you'll go out into this world, you'll experience a a bunch of different people, and a lot of times you will find yourself abandoned or separated or just find yourself around people who just didn't stand the test of time. Family does. It does. So that being said, all situations do exist. So sometimes you do get family that you have to leave. You just have to, to save your life, you know. I've experienced so many different, I've gone through so many different things lately. And it's like, if my family really is trying to kill me and leaving is the difference between life or death, then I guess I would have to choose life because I'm sure that if they were trying to kill me, dying for them wouldn't be the right decision to make. But sometimes Satan is so deceptive he tries to pull you away from your anchors 
in life, especially God. And when you'll never let go of God, he'll pull you away from the, the people that have to love you no matter what. That will love you no matter what. That will always be there. He'll pull you away from them. He'll separate you from them. And then he'll drive paranoia into your heart and mind so that you cannot trust anybody. To leave you alone in this world so that he can fight you out of your faith. He can isolate you from God. He can isolate you from this world so that you are left alone to do whatever he pleases to do with you. You have to be more confident in what you've always known. Every time new information comes around or new things present themselves, it is not always because, you know, you know, it's really new. Satan loves to introduce the same old tactics, lies, and ways and call it new. It's old. It's old. It's been done before a million times. It's nothing new. Nothing new. So, what am I going through then? Why is it so hard for me? And the Bible says anger and wrath are something. But who can stand against jealousy? I feel that a big part and portion of this entire experience is driven by jealousy. But who is this jealous of me? Why me? What is the goal here? You know... It feels like they are so driven and willing to kill me. But in reality, I don't think that they could actually, you know, handle everything that comes with that, you know, murdering me and literally taking me off this earth forever. I don't think that they could bear or handle everything that comes with that. But I won't underestimate anybody. But vengeance is mine, said the Lord. So I'm going to have confidence in him. He's brought me this far. I still have my life. I have so much to be grateful for. I wake up breathing every morning. That's something to be grateful for. That being said, sometimes family can take advantage of you. Sometimes family can take you for granted. They have you around. They feel you'll never go anywhere. So sometimes they treat you worse than anybody in this world could ever treat you. Because they feel like, well, you're always going to be here. You're never going to go anywhere. And because of that, I'll just do everything I want to do to everybody else to you. Because I'm scared of losing them. They'll leave. So sometimes it's extremely difficult. But it is, it's going to be great. You know, one thing I always hear is you're going to be okay. And that's very hard to hear when it doesn't feel like you are. But, you know, that advice seems to stand true almost 
very often, I'll just say very often, it's not always true, but it's very oftentimes true, you're going to be okay, everything is going to be okay, things are going to work out, you don't have to worry about that, God will make sure you are okay, even when it's hard to hear, but I had a vision, I was, first I was like, I don't know what was happening. I was laying down and someone was like moaning. I was like in somebody's body and they were like moaning. And somebody was like flipping and turning and, you know, like, just like, for me, I felt molested. But it was somebody who was like, doing all kinds of positions on top of me and and like flipping their body around and they had they had jumped on me and their butt was face toward my face type thing and they were like all on my like bottom area but it wasn't me because it was a guy they had a penis I could feel it it was not a vagina it was a penis and so I said wait at first I said wait is that a dude on a dude because I could have sworn for a second I'm like wait hold on I said this is, I have a vagina I'm a girl nope this is a penis not immediately it's like what no it's a penis and then it was like I checked again and I was like um that's a girl I was like what no it's a dude and I'm like what that's a dude and it was like then it was a girl so I was like, what is going on here? I didn't know who it was, who I was, I was going who that was that was going through that or dealing with that, what that was. I don't even know if it was real. It it's all not it's not even none of this is really real. These visions. I don't know, you know. I don't know. But after that, what happened is um I heard like a party, like a town, like towns I've thought about, you know, that are decorated Halloween, college towns, you know, a lot of the houses are for college students. It's right around the corner from a campus. I've like, I've, I really love towns like this. And this is the town that someone is in coming from a party, Halloween party, I believe. And it's amazing how Halloween keeps being brought up and it is June, you know, um, not too long ago, about two weeks ago, Christmas kept being brought up in June, and it was just so weird to me, I'm like, why are these holidays coming up now, so far away from when they actually are, and I think that that's a message from God, you know, how reprobated and backwards things seem to be. Or maybe just the fact that, you know, this is how long people are holding information from me about what I'm dealing with and going through, you know, in order to keep me so far away from what it is that they are doing and up to so I can never catch up. They think, you know, it's Thanksgiving. We won't show her till next July. Because we need her at least that many months away from what we are actually doing here. 
so that she'll never be able to ruin anything that we're up to or catch up. But that's how good God is because I don't feel behind at all. They, I feel that they've been doing this for, you know, years now, keeping me like at least six months to nine months away from all the everything that they're doing. They want me to think that it's I'm minutes behind or hours even, probably days. But I'm like months behind and it's okay because I don't feel behind. That's how amazing the Lord is that he's covering things that you don't even know about. And, you know, whatever it is, that information that they're giving me or introducing to me, you know, it's not nothing I should be worried about. I shouldn't care. It shouldn't matter to me. If it did matter to me, then maybe I should go do what they're doing. So I'm good. I'm covered. I know that I'm covered. And I don't worry about that, you know. Them telling me these information months later, it's like, you know, the fact that you're even telling me at all is is a wonder to me. Because if I'm, you know, still making it this far and doing whatever it is that I'm doing without the information nine months, you know, afterwards, then why would you think that it mattered now? Why would you think that it mattered at all? But I oftentimes think that that is a admission of, you know, not feeling successful in whatever it is that they're doing. You know, we're going to show you this now because we want to make you feel as if we're still doing something that we know that we're not even really doing. Like, we want to make you feel like you are losing. We know we're losing already. We want to make you feel like this stuff matters when we know that it doesn't. We want to make you feel like the truth is not enough when we know that it is. You know, and people are going to do that because they are not satisfied with what it is they have been given, what they what they bought, what they are choosing. They're not satisfied in it. And as much as they tell themselves that here they come trying to somehow distract or deter you from your truth when they are so satisfied with their lies. But that being said, you know, it's obvious to begin with because the fact of the matter is, you know, no one would be bothering you if you didn't have anything that they wanted. The Bible says these do not break into empty houses. Why would they be trying to torture and torment me and bother me all day and all night and never leave me alone and stalk me and study me and do everything they can to stop me from praying to God if it really doesn't matter? You say God is not real, so why do you care that I pray to him? You say God does not perform miracles, so why does it matter that I'm searching for one in him? You said that you know, God is not the truth. He's a liar. He's not the Alpha and Omega. He's not all these different things. So why do you care that I believe it? I didn't come looking for you. You came looking for me. And so that is the difference, you know? Don't ever go looking for these spirits. When you are good, when you are searching for the truth in God, I promise you they'll come looking for you. That's the first thing I thought about when I was watching this movie. I said to myself, wait, she went to go look for this kind of, you know, attention. She actually wants to be around this kind of attention. I can get on the Internet 
And people are talking about, how do I find demons to possess me? I want a demon to possess me. I go on the internet and they say, you know, how do I get in touch with the devil? I want to go, you know, talk to the devil. And here I am, every single day, fighting and praying with my life to avoid this kind of stuff. Like, I wish we could trade. You can't get nowhere near them. I don't want to be nowhere near them. Let's trade experiences, you know, but you have to be grateful for what you have. You have to be grateful for what you have because what it is that you have is a blessing to somebody and it can always be worse for you. God has been telling me that for a long time and I don't want to complain. But it's just amazing to me how people go looking for this kind of attention and I can't avoid it. You know, and this is not a new thing. When I was left alone, you know, by these spirits, I was my I was at my happiest. When these spirits would leave me alone if and actually not be around me or deal with me, I wasn't, oh, I wish I could have some attention from these spirits. No. Like I really have always wanted to be left alone by these spirits and these different tactics of Satan. Please stay away forever. I will be okay. I won't miss you. But here I am with all the unwanted attention. I'm sorry if I sound like I'm complaining, but this is just how it feels for me. It's like all my life, I could not stop praying all day. I just pray and pray and pray, and I can't even force myself to stop praying. I pray to stop praying. And... Demons show up in my room. Demons show up in my home. Demons show up around me. Demons are following me home from school. Demons are following me to the store. Demons are following me when I'm outside, watching me from bushes and distances. All I get, I always hear all the information about all of the child molesters and kidnappers in the entire neighborhood as I walk through. Because I pray all day about this stuff. And... I feel watched by Satan everywhere I go. And I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray. But they don't leave me alone. You know, I don't wish this on my worst enemy. But sometimes I wish that I could find the people who desperately... Excuse me, who so desperately want this type of lifestyle and share this burden with them. You really want to be surrounded by demons all day? Trust me, it's not what you think. Here, have a peace of mind. Take something off my shoulders for a minute. Do you really want to have a conversation with Satan? He won't ever stop talking to me. No matter how much I try and ignore him and pray to God, Satan won't shut up. But you want to talk to him? You probably already are. Little do you know. But... If you really feel that you are here, take some of this conversation. We have to, you know, grass always looks greener on the other side. But not for me. Every time I say that, I say not for me. But you know what? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, for me too. So, like, this is so, it's so difficult because I'm under, I'm under, I'm under so much pressure.
I'm under such a large attack. There's such a calling on my life. I couldn't even give this away to somebody, and I've tried for months now. I said, Lord, give someone else the job. Let somebody else take it. Let them have it. You know, people who are jealous of me, I say, here, you want it. You can have it. Get it off me. And, you know, it never works because this is my calling. So I know that when they come around making, trying to make me feel as if I am missing something or as if they can stop anything, I couldn't stop this if I tried. I've tried. You cannot fool me into believing that you could have stopped this, that you could have changed this for me. Because I probably would have paid big money for that. But that being said, you know, here I am. Here I am. And it's all starting to come together and make sense. And I'm so grateful for God because of it. He's making all these different experiences in my life make sense to me. I'm so grateful for him. All the years I spent so confused about what I was dealing with, suffering in silence. And now I'm it's being made, it's all coming together and making sense. You know, I thought that I was crazy when I walked down the street and I know exactly what house a kidnapper or a child molester lived in. I would feel people watching me from their windows and the Lord would say, be careful, pray. I wouldn't know exactly who they were praying on in NY area. You know, I walk down the street, I feel like somebody is following me. I feel like somebody is watching me. I feel like somebody is walking very closely behind me, me, ducking behind bushes and trees and poles. I keep looking over my shoulder, turning back behind me and praying for everybody in the area because I know all this stuff. And how do I know all this stuff? But I'm a demon hunter. That's what it is. I'm a demon hunter. You know, I thought this stuff mattered so much that I would, you know, start to look at those different... Um pamphlets that they would send in the mail about the child molesters in the area, different websites so you can find out where the child molesters and stuff are so you can avoid these different, just to know, to be safe. And when I go on these different websites and go to the, to search through these different pamphlets, the Lord said, oh, you don't need that. Like he had, like there's a GPS locator in my heart for these demons. And I believe that it is a calling on my life. So you know, serial killers, murderers, kidnappers, child molesters, all that kind of bad, horrendous, horrific stuff. You know, the Lord has me fighting in the spirit all day and all night, my whole life. And I am very accomplished and I am not trying to brag. The Lord says I am undefeated. I have not been beat, not by one of these demons and I've caught some really big ones. And now here I am to defeat a bigger one that has enslaved millions of my people. And this is tough. It's difficult. It's hard. But the Lord says it's going to be good forever after this. So I'm trying to get through it. I'm doing the best that I can. I really, really am. I know I'm supposed to be unlocking new strengths that I never knew that I had. 
But I just don't want to drop out of this race. Even though the Lord said, I won't. I'm going to win. It's going to be a really good fight. You know, highs and lows for both sides. But I'll mostly be winning. And then I'll win. Remaining undefeated. That's what it's about. You know, freeing millions of my people. I have reason to believe that this individual that he has, you know, incorporated in his situation, giving them a maybe on the rapture and saying that they are so hateful. They've been hateful since they were a child and that they are committing genocide on our community. I have reason to believe that they play a part in this prophecy. But I'm not sure because I asked the Lord, what does that have to do with me? And he just leaves that question as what it is. You know, he says to me, you know, he may be going in the rapture. He says he was a hateful little boy. He says that he is committing genocide on our community. And he says that he's going to marry the wrong woman or tending to at least wanting to marry the wrong woman. Something like that. I don't, I don't really want to say it's the wrong woman, but he just he gave me insight on their relationship. Like, you know, she's just not really meant for him or something. I don't want to say anything specifically and be wrong. I just want to say that he told me all about their relationship problems. And I said, what does that have to do with me, though? Like, he's miles away from me. And, you know seemingly so different from me really I could never see myself being with them even you know even after the word from the Lord saying that he's maybe going in the rapture which means he's maybe a good person you know I got the word that you know he had prayed for a good wife and all this other stuff I'm just like over it at this point I'm so over it because I'm just like Lord you gave me all these assignments. Don't make the person I'm supposed to be with another one of them. That's not fair. Like, I have to suffer to get everything good in life. Can I ever get something good without suffering? It's not fair. It's not fair. It's really. It's just not. And then all I can think about is how I have to be so forgiving and I have to fight bitterness, but how difficult it would be when you have to overlook all the pain and strife someone would have dragged you through in order to get a good side of them. That's not fair. Why do it's, I don't want to bring up this conversation because it's not that I truly am so invested in it, but why do women always have to stay down until someone comes up? Men won't do that for a woman. When you're not what he wants, he won't want you. He wants somebody who's so good for him, who's so great, who's better than what he deserves right now. If you're not that, he's going to feel like there's other options out there. You're not what I wanted. And if this situation becomes what that situation, it's exactly what I think. I hate being pro- proven right about all the bad things and never about the good. You know, I don't feel like that's fair. Even if this girl is so bad for him, he's maybe a good person. He deserves somebody so good. 
And it's like, I'm not super good. I'm not a super great person always. But it's like, it's not fair. It's just not fair because think about it. Like, it's just proving me right. Men get to have someone who is going to be at their best. Women have to get someone who isn't. Stay down and make them better. But I'm not going to complain when the Lord has done that for me. When the Lord found me, I was a zero. And he's making me a hero. So I don't want to have a obnoxious attitude towards anybody or entitled feel entitled to anything because anything the lord gives you is a blessing i know that i know to trust that no matter what but it's just so difficult it's so difficult it's so difficult to move past a lot of this stuff and i know that i'll have to it's not perfect but all i ever hear is perfect 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 nothing about it is so besides god god is always perfect but Everything else is so imperfect. That being said, I'm still trying, though. I'm trying. As stressed as I am, as depressed as I am, as much as I fight all of these unfair situations all day and every day, and I'm expected to be able to handle all of it because I'm just supposed to be this superwoman character. I'm supposed to be perfect. It's perfect demon hunter. Can handle everything, including an entire city being revised. And then they turn back to sin and, you know, nitpick everything that I do. And they don't want to allow me to have any of the credit for all the hard work that I've done. They don't want to acknowledge me. They don't want to help me in certain things. And a lot of times they feel like, you know, if we don't agree with it, we're not doing anything you said. Like, I just have to appeal to their opinion all the time. I always got to, you know, I know who I'm called to be, but oftentimes I have to answer to them because this is how they want to do things. I don't like stuff like that. You know, if the Lord placed me in leadership, you know, I understand that part of leadership is, you know, being able to listen and understand the people that you're leading, hearing their problems out and tailoring certain things to, you know, them. But it's difficult when it feels like you have to be a yes man or you have to, you know, you have to please everybody. You can't please everybody. You can't save everybody. That's what I've been told. And I don't know. Because I feel like it's impossible to lead without that. But I'm growing and I'm learning. And we'll see. Oftentimes I am tortured and tormented. And I suffer for millions. And, and millions of people's places. So imagine being tortured for millions of people. One person is supposed to handle all of that. Yeah, that's a lot. And I feel it every day. Then I have people who don't even want me to have my position, who make it so much more difficult on me, as if it isn't difficult enough. And then want to tell me, oh, you make it look easy. Just because it looks easy doesn't mean that it is. And you're making it harder because of how you see it, how you feel, as if that's fair. 
And I'm already facing so many different unfair things. Like the fact that nobody even wants to see me in my position. Regardless of how good I am in it. Because I'm a woman. And the fact that. You know. A lot of people already want to take my spot. Or my power to use it for other things. So many people feel like I can do things better or differently. As if they know what it's like to walk a mile in my shoes. Oh my gosh. People. People can be so demanding, but I don't answer to people, I answer to God. And then people want to cut God out of it because I don't answer to them. Turn it back on me and God. Or sometimes they try to cut God out and say, we worship you. You don't worship me, I'm not God. What are you talking about? You are trying to get, you just, you're doing that to be defiant. And you're doing that to really frustrate me and make my job harder. Saying that you worship me is a way of saying, because you know that that's like the biggest sin, blasphemy, false God worship. You're trying to get me in trouble, you know, by being slick. You're just trying to give me, you know, start idolizing power and Feeling as if I'm bigger or better or greater than God in hopes that I will abandon my faith in him or feel as if I don't need him. But you still want to pretend as if you're on my side. Those are the worst. But that being said, you know, I do love people. I love people because of God. Without him, I don't know what I do. But he's giving me some pretty big tasks. He's expecting me to raise up and be transformed into someone who can handle this. I know that I I am I know he did not make a mistake in choosing me. And it's so hard to let go of people when they don't fit your future. It's so hard, especially when it feels like you're the people who fit your future, you're gonna have to accept so much from them. Well, if that's the case, why not accept so much from the people you don't want to let go of it? How unfair is that? For you to be like, okay, I'll accept everything that comes with you, but let go of these people and not accept everything that comes with them. Doesn't feel right. And everybody wants to convince me to let go. You let go. Like... It's difficult for me. But people try to tell me it's always been difficult for me to let go. And I know it's not true. A lot of stuff people always tell me was not true. People try to tell me I was slow. That's not true. People try to tell me that I was impatient. That's not true. People try to tell me I was scary. That's not true. People try to tell me I can't fight. That's not true. People try to tell me that, you know, I am a quitter. 
that is not true. None of this stuff is true about me. You know, but people try to tell you stuff they want to make true about you. You have to be careful. That being said, I really shouldn't complain about all that God is doing in my life right now. He's doing wonderful things. Even when there's people who would rather see me die and go to hell or never make it to heaven either after all the hard work that I've done or tear down all my hard work and progress make me lose everything or even stay in a small position forever and never see the things that the Lord has placed on my life come to pass the wonderful things that I'm here to do they would rather get rid of all of that than ever see me do it it's people around me there's people who need this people who actually need this would never want it because it's me and it breaks my heart It breaks my heart because it's difficult to fight someone for them. I'm tired of fighting people for them. I have to fight you for you. It's difficult. I'm going through so much. That I have to let go of the people that I feel like you're not ever supposed to let go. Nobody ever used to listen to me growing up. Nobody ever listened to me. I used to be so right a lot of times. Nobody would ever listen to me on purpose, too. Like, just because you said it, I'm not going to do it. Even though I agree with you, I feel like I could avoid something. I'm just going to not do it just to get to you. And then God wants to place me into a leadership position. And it feels like they are the same way. Just because you said it, I'm not listening. I'm not going to do it. Just because it's you. Oh, my goodness. But that is, that is a testament to something. That's a testament to the fact that People are very intimidated by your power. People have been intimidated by my power for a very long time. That's fine. I'm tired. I'm tired. The Lord said to me, we are the same stubborn people. We have always been. And it's so clear right now. After all this hard work to just forget about it in five minutes. 
after I fought so hard this entire time, said to myself, every five minutes they want to forget about all the hard work. Excuse me. Every five minutes they want to forget about all the hard work we've done here. And it takes five minutes for them to forget about it. Five minutes to run back to seeing. Five minutes to want somebody else. Five minutes to do everything they can to ruin everything I am fighting so hard for. And the only time they want to do it is when I didn't say to do it. It hurts because it's like the Lord knows I've been dealing with this in my family my whole life. And I don't know why he would give me a people like that. Nobody did this to Solomon. Nobody did this to Solomon. People flocked to Solomon. They loved his leadership. He was the greatest king of Israel to have ever lived. Everybody loves Solomon. It's like everybody hates me. I think it has a lot to do with me being a woman. Like, this is so difficult. It's frustrating. It hurts. It hurts to care so much about people who don't care about you. But, of course, heavy is the head that wears the crown. To whom much is given, much is required. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. They may form, but they will not prosper. That's all. That's all I have because, like, I'm just hurting right now. I know that they just want to hurt me, but it's working. I'm hurting, I'm frustrated, I'm tired of fighting for people who don't fight for me or fight for themselves either. Like, they don't even want me to know who I am. 